morning, everyone. Well, I barely need to introduce myself after that. I think you've all gathered the gist of who we are and what we're up to today. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Steve and Naomi and everyone. Actually, yeah, I do want to thank you all for supporting us on this crazy journey that God's brought us on uh, to get here. But I'm so very grateful uh, for each and every one of you. Um, so obviously, it's Adoption Sunday. Hooray! Uh, last year... On Adoption Sunday, Stuart and I gave our whole testimony. It was so exciting about how God has brought us to this point um, and, and how we became foster, foster carers. Um, if any of you want to know more about that, please do come and ask. Um, particularly if you have any questions about Home for Good, well, I'll say a little bit more at the end. But I also have this amazing book, if anyone wants to borrow it, um, uh, Home for Good, written by Krish Kadaya, who um, founded the charity as well. But it's just an incredible um, story about how what we do is just living out God's call on our lives and how um, actually our heart for fostering adoption, our heart for the, the fatherless is just sharing God's heart and how that's our act of worship um, to God. So um, yeah, do come and ask me questions. Um, this year, I have the privilege of speaking to you on the spirit of adoption, uh, a topic which is clearly, as we said, a, a, um, something that is very close to our hearts. Oh look, there we go, it's already up. As you can see, we are doing a series on the Holy Spirit. Um, and I've been so excited and encouraged um, just how much overlap there is, um, and there will be with today's topic, particularly with Kieran's talk um, a few weeks back on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how that helps us to build up the church family. Um, but also with the first week of the Living Free course, I don't know who's been going, but it's been incredible. Uh, the few weeks that I have done have just been amazing. But the first week, we particularly covered our identity in Christ and how we are children of God. So there will be a lot of that this morning as well. Um, yeah, so it's really exciting. In fact, as I think about this morning, I feel like I hardly need to preach because so much has been covered um, throughout the worship, through the things we've been given, and praying in new members of our family. Well, this is it. This, this is us living it, and that's amazing. And I've been so encouraged by their testimonies of how they just felt they belonged here. That word belong, we're going to come back to that. It's very exciting. So, yes, this morning I'm going to share some scriptures um, which show us what it means to be truly adopted into God's family. And explore what it means to belong to him and to his family. So, and, and then I'm going to wrap up just by giving a few practical examples on how we can actually live out being family together and what that might look for us as a church. So being adopted into God's family, it is an incredible work of the Holy Spirit. And it's a gift. As Steve was saying this morning, it is an incredible gift, just like God's amazing grace and the freedom that we receive through putting our faith in Christ. I kind of like to think of it a bit like a perk that comes with our salvation. So congrats, you're saved, you're redeemed, and he's already made family, everyone. So <laughs> it's kind of fun. But I appreciate for some of us here today, that might actually be a daunting prospect. So actually, let's all just take a moment now to think, what comes to your mind when I say the word family? We can often think of the practical physical elements of a family, whether you have a large extended family, you know, aunties and uncles and cousins always popping in and raised by your grandparents and cousins, you know. But also there are, you know, other families that are smaller, more compact families. Maybe you come from a family with a single parent or you are a single parent. You know, we have all kinds of different size families today. But what emotions are brought forward by your concept of family? Now, I hope that many of you here were raised in loving and stable homes, but increasingly over the years, this isn't often the case, um, well, as we've seen by this video. Um, maybe you're sitting here today, maybe you've been estranged from your family. Maybe you were adopted or you've been through the care system. Maybe, like me, your parents are divorced. 
And, and maybe you've been hurt by your experiences at church, this church or other churches. But I want you to know that if anyone's sitting here today hurting from these past issues with their family, God wants to just welcome you here today. He wants to remind you that he is our perfect heavenly father. You are his children. You are his child. And he can bring healing and freedom from any negative experiences of family. He wants to redeem your concept of family today. And I will come back to this at the end because I would love to pray for anyone here about this. So when I was preparing for this talk, I was massively excited, obviously. Um, But I was also a bit overwhelmed with where to go. I found there were so many exciting scriptures Um, But I was like, oh, where do I start, Lord? So I did. I just had to pray. I was like, Lord, where do I go with this? Where do I start? And as I finally quietened my mind, it takes a bit because my mind's a bit crazy. Um, But when I finally had that moment of stillness, God just gave me this one word. And it's the word that has already been used several times today. As I say, I barely need to preach. But it's to belong. To belong. I think that's a fantastic word, isn't it? Surely we all want to belong somewhere. We all have that deep desire, that deep need within us to belong. And whatever our experience of family has been, positive or negative, that desire to belong is still within us. So in my research, I thought I would look up the verb, oh, look, here we go, to belong. And these are the three definitions that we came up with. To be the property of, that's the obvious one, isn't it? To be a member of. Um, a particular group or organisation, or of a thing to be rightly placed in a specific position. Now, the thing I love most about all three of these definitions is that for us, in Christ, they are all true about us belonging to God and to his church, which is his family. Um, So I really want to get stuck into some scripture now, and let's use the scripture to really show you how we are adopted into his family and how we belong to God. So can I have Galatians 4... Yeah, Galatians 4, verses 4 to 7, says this. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, Now you are no longer slave, but you are God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Wow. Let's read Ephesians, the next verse. I'm just going to put these two together. Thank you. Ephesians 1.5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Wow. I just want to take a moment, let those words sink in. God has bought our freedom. He has paid the price for us by the, blood of his, by the blood of Christ on the cross. Now, if you call yourself a Christian here today, then know that God has given everything to have you as members of his family. And maybe you don't consider yourself a Christian here today, know that you are so welcome And that there is an open invitation for you to join God's family. And it's extended here today. Um, God didn't just pay lots of money for you. He gave the ultimate gift. He paid the ultimate price. He gave his own son up for you. So you belong to God. You guys are bought and paid for. 
by the blood of Christ. Now that is powerful. But there's more to it. It says in Ephesians, this was always his plan. He decided this in advance, long ago. People, let me just tell you, you are not an afterthought. You're not an accident. You're not a plan B. God chose you. And he chose you from before time began. And I think that's incredible. Um, My favorite bit in this is it gave him great pleasure. Um, That's amazing. When God planned to bring you into his family, it was costly. It was painful. But it gave him joy to know that you are being united into his family. Wow. There's um, one of the phrases Stuart said to me when I was discussing this with him was how um, actually... There's a party going on in heaven, and every time a new member of the family comes in, there's joy, and there's a celebration, because he delights in us. He delights in us, his church, his family. That is how excited he is. So God has brought us, and it has brought him much joy and great pleasure. So then, you belong to God, as we've just said. But do you feel like you belong in his church family? That's a whole other question, isn't it? So, okay, we've been bought and paid for, but do I belong here today? Oh, it's difficult. But I actually found some great quotes about belonging, which I kind of nicked from uh, Louise's Facebook page. Thank you. (laughs) Um, They're actually taken from a book by Brené Brown called Braving the Wilderness. I confess I haven't read it. I just pilfered the quotes. Um, (laughs) But maybe Louise has, so ask her about it. Um, Anyway, these quotes are... Can we have them up? Thank you. Belonging is being somewhere you want to be, and they want you. Whereas fitting in is being somewhere you want me, but they don't care one way or the other. Belonging is being accepted for you. Fitting in is being accepted for being like everyone else. If I get to be me, then I belong. If I have to be like you, then I just fit in. So that's interesting, isn't it? Um, Biblically speaking, so what's the difference between us trying to fit in and us being accepted for who we are. But if we put up Romans 8, Romans 8, 14 to 17 says this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his children. Now we get to call him Abba Father, for his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are his children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of his glory. I love this passage. This passage basically sums up everything I'm talking about this morning. We do not have to do anything. We cannot earn our way into God's family. There's no point trying to be someone else in order to fit in here today. This verse shows us completely how being adopted into God's family is a work entirely of God's spirit. God meets us where we are at, and he unites our spirit with his. So if you are, wondering here to, uh, if you are here today wondering whether or not you feel like you belong, or whether you fit in, know that you're so very welcome. I will say it many times. Hello and welcome. <laughs> but you are welcome just as you are. You belong here because you belong to God. And here at River Church, we are part of God's family. And through the power of his spirit, he has united his spirit with yours, and that is what makes you his child today. 
So let's just come back to that word family for a bit. If we are all called children of God, that's a lot of kids. Um, <laughs> um, how, can it, how is it possible for us all to be family together? Let's just think about unity. Now, I know unity was already mentioned again this morning, see? Um, but no matter what family background you're from, it's really hard to be united, particularly all the time. I mean, even when you're from the same gene pool, let's be honest. I have two siblings, and we fought all the time growing up. And anyone that spent more than five minutes with my two boys, well, yeah, they fight like cat and dog <laughs> um, pretty much all the time. So how is it possible that so many people from different backgrounds and different cultures and different ages can be truly united as a family? Well, I love the Bible. <laughs> um, Galatians 3, 26 to 29 says this. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So it's no surprise, as we've already heard this morning, that it is Christ that brings unity. It's Christ that makes us one in him. Now, that's all very amazing and quite spiritual, but what does that actually look like as a church? What does that look like for us here? Now, if you think about the news, and there's loads of, uh, there's loads of politics around our identity at the moment, isn't there? Loads of labels we put upon ourselves. Are we black? Are we white? I'm a stay-at-home mum, or are you a working mum, or, you know, are you a remainer, or are you a lever? Gosh, there's loads of labels. And the problem is, we can often get caught up and we fight over them as if they are the most important aspect of our identity. But this passage, no, 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 it says we, that is not the point. When we come to church, unity means laying aside our differences and loving each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what. Um, I'm not saying, though, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it means we all have to be the same. Of course not. Far from it. We don't have to change ourselves. Um, to fit in. It's God that's made us different, and these differences are essential. They're fantastic. He's given us a fantastic variety of personalities and gifts for us all to use to build up the church, which is God's family. So we need you just as you are using all these gifts that God has given you. As I said earlier, Kieran did an incredible talk just three weeks ago on Corinthians 1.12 and the use of spiritual gifts to build up the church. Now, if you haven't already heard it, Please listen to it. It's fantastic. And I was quite tempted to read the whole of 1 Corinthians 12 again. But we clearly don't have time this morning, which is a shame. Um, so I'm going to quickly focus in on just a few verses in the second half of the chapter. I've put them all together here, but there are actually three different verses. Here we go. Uh, so 1 Corinthians 12, 18, oh, sorry, 12, 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole of the body. And so it is with the body of Christ. Then 12.18 says, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Um, 12.25 to 26 says this, This makes for harmony among the members, so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, then all parts suffer. And if one is honoured, then all parts are glad. You see, church... God plans diversity within his church, and he loves it. 
He planned it so that we can all take on different roles within the body of Christ. Just a few examples. Think about the worship team this morning. Oh, my word. How blessed. I was so blessed by the worship team this morning. And just think, they, they've been given these gifts. They've nurtured these gifts. They've practiced hard. But, but they've chosen to share and to use their gifts to bless the church. That's amazing. And then I've also, the children's ministry, we've also given thanks to them this morning. But I thank God for Carolyn and Barney in particular. They love our kids enough to plan weeks and weeks of material that they put together for them. And it's amazing. And I thank everyone who serves in kids' work. Thank you. Um, They patiently keep our children occupied for the meeting so we can focus on meeting God in here. But it's more than that. You know, not only do they do that, but they find exciting ways to teach them about Jesus as well. So I'm so grateful for the work that they do in there. Um, So those are two quite obvious ways um, in which the body of Christ comes together to work and do things. But there are many gifts that aren't quite so visible. Um, For example, what about the friend's who texts you to see if you're okay and knew you just needed a bit of encouragement. Now, I have personally been so, so blessed by people checking in on me. As many of you know, Stuart often works away. And, um, and when that is so, I, I do need that bit of extra support. And it's wonderful when people just text me to say they're praying for me or is there anything specific I can pray for or can I do anything practical? Oh, I'm going to drop you around a meal. These things are amazing. I've had scriptures sent to me, really specific ones as well. You think, oh, wow, I needed that. And I was so, actually, this, I'll tell you this story once. Um, this is a few years ago. So it's actually before we joined this church. It's when we lived back in Coventry. I think it was, I was in the middle of Stuart being away for two weeks, but I received this bouquet of flowers with nothing, just a card and a Bible verse on it. I can't remember which verse, but at the time, I was just bowled over. I was in tears, and I have no idea who sent them to me, (laughs) but it was exactly what I needed. So, wow, what a beautiful and simple act of encouragement. And it's not obvious to the wider church. The gift of encouragement could be subtle, but that doesn't mean it's not powerful. So as I say, there are so many gifts God has given us. And please do read 1 Corinthians 12 or Ephesians 4 just to see a few more listed there. But I really want to encourage you, if you don't already know what your gifts are, ask God. All you need to do is just simply ask him and he will probably just highlight something you're already really good at. And just be like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I guess, yeah, I kind of already do that. And that's amazing. But, you know, there's always room for more. You can always step out in that gift and use it more. Um, but also, ooh, okay. <laughs> also, oh, God's not stingy. You think, oh, I'd love this gift. Oh, I'd love the gift of prophecy. Oh, just ask. He is not stingy. Our God is a generous God. So just ask for more gifts. Ask for, yeah, just more so that we can really, um, so that we can use these gifts to delight in him. And also glorify him. And it builds up the church. So he's not going to say no. (laughs) Um, Yeah. As I was saying, we all have different things we're good at. And we all have specific gifts from God. And it means that we can support and encourage and care for each other in different ways. Uh, Not only that, but in verse 18, it's the middle one up here that I've just highlighted. uh, It says, God has put each part of the body just where he wants it. Now, that means that we belong here. Can we uh, have the next slide with the three three definitions of belonging again? God gave you a specific gift, and he wants you to use it here to glorify him and build up his church family. 
Do you see how the third one here says to belong is to be rightly placed in a specific position? Well, God says you are rightly placed here. You belong here and you have a purpose at River Church. And I think that's just incredible. So, if you take anything away from this talk, I'm not quite finished, but I'm just, this is amazing. If you take anything away today, just know that by the power of God's Spirit, the Spirit of adoption, that you belong. You belong to God. He has bought you by the costly price of His own Son. You belong as part of His church family. He has united your spirit with His, and He has brought us all together as one in Christ. And by using the gifts God has given you, you have a specific role, a specific position to which you belong in the body of Christ. How amazing is that, church? I just think that's incredible. It's just amazing how God places us, his church family, to be together. Now, whilst becoming adopted into God's family is a complete work of the Holy Spirit, being family takes a bit of effort. <laughs> it takes effort, and it takes continued reliance on the grace of God. Um, so I do want to finish off just by highlighting a few practical ways in which we can be family together here at River Church. So number one, be proactive. Yeah, I put up here, join a life group. Oh my word, this is essential. Life groups are definitely the heart of the church. Um, they're called life groups because we get to do life together and support each other through whatever life throws at us. So I cannot encourage you enough to join one. I know we have a board at the back with like pins in as to where all the life groups are and little cards of the leaders, but I thought I'd just, you know, rightly embarrass all the leaders now if they want to stand up. Sorry, I didn't warn you about this. Are there many um, life group leaders here? Can we get you to stand? Go on. Excellent. See, winner. Thanks, everyone. Give us a wave. So anyone here not in a life group, come chat to these lovely people. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you. Sit. Um, now then. Um, yeah, please do. So be proactive about that. Seek it, because we are a massive family. But life groups, you can get to really be in the heart of the family. You can really have that tight-knit group of people that get to know you, get to really know you, and you get to really know them. So it's just been invaluable for us. Um, second point is to use, sorry, second point of being proactive is using your gifts. I've, I've already explained. God has placed us here for a purpose, so let's use our gifts. That way, his, our, the church body is fully functioning then, and we're active and bringing about the kingdom of God into Sutton. It's amazing. We can only do that if we are all participating. You know, we're talking about the body of Christ, but, you know, if half of me is missing because we're not using it, then it makes us less effective. So let's be entirely effective in using all our gifts. Um, and the last point is speaking to new people on a Sunday. Now, this is something I definitely struggle with, but it's so important. It might come under, it might be one of your gifts, actually, just, you know, speaking to people, and that's amazing. So please use that gift. Um, it's a challenge for me, particularly when uh, Stuart's away, and, I, you know, I've got the boys tearing around, I'm distracted, I'm like, oh, are they beating each other up, are they spilled a drink, or the baby's crying, it's like, oh. um, But it is still possible, and I go, okay, you know, there's grace. I obviously cannot do this every week, but just a little thing of, oh, do you know, I haven't spoken to anyone new in a little while, I'm going to speak to someone new today. So, and, and we can all do that. I think often we get, we get into the mindset of, oh, no, that's the welcome team's job. No, no, come on, let's be church family. You know, let's not like, oh, I'm not going to speak to that hand because, you know, that's the arms job. 
<laughs> we need to work together. So let's just get to know people. Chat to someone new this afternoon. Do it. Go on, challenge. Um, <laughs> um, so it's totally possible. You know, I try and do it every now and then. Right, second point number two is communication. Um, now, mine is Stuart's family. We are very spread out. So we have relatives in Scotland, in Leeds, in Somerset, and then a few slightly more local, kind of around West Sussex and whatnot. But that looks like, how do you stay in contact? Like, praise God for technology, you know. <laughs> so we phone, we text, we Skype, and that's just how we do life at the moment. We visit as and when we can, obviously. But it's hard, so we just check in with each other, and I love our family WhatsApp group, you know. And here at church, you might think, oh, but, you know, we're all local, so surely it's easier. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> you know, as I was saying, thank God we're such a diverse bunch. But that means that we're all in, you know, different stages of our lives. We live in different areas of Sutton. And actually, it's very easy just to miss people, even in our life groups. But um, one thing I love about our life group is our WhatsApp group. It's, it's awesome. Um, and you know what? It's great because we just plonk on prayer requests. We check in on people. Um, there's even been photo updates of, like, uh, I think Jill puts pictures of her grandson on there. It's lovely. We get to enjoy those moments together. <laughs> we get to enjoy those moments because we're family. And that's part of it. There's even a bit of banter every now and then. It's great. <laughs> every family has that. So I'm not saying you all have to have a WhatsApp group if you're in a life group, but it is helpful. But yeah, I'm saying is just check in with people. See how they're doing. Oh, I haven't spoken to so-and-so in ages. Oh, hang on. Last time I spoke to them, I think they're a... Uh, struggling with something. So, you know, just really take those moments to communicate, to make that phone call, to drop that text, or um, pop round, or whatever. Whatever works for you, figure out. But communication is so vital. Um, and lastly, thank you, uh, be humble and love as God loves. Now, I'm going to read Ephesians 4.2. Um, I haven't put it up, but I'll just read it. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. That is so important. None of us are perfect, are we? And as I was saying earlier about unity within our own families, we still rub up against each other. We still make mistakes. We still wind each other up. But imagine how it could be if we showed humility and understanding, even empathy with each other in our faults. Only God is perfect, and his love for us is perfect, and it is endless, it's vast, and it's through his love that we can share that love with each other. Oh, I've also written John 13, oh yeah, I love that verse. A new command I give you, love one another. You're like, hey, that's not new, I've heard that before. Well, there's a reason why Jesus gave that command again, you know, to love one another, just as I have loved you. Um, and by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, because you love one another. Um, so I think this is incredible. This is, let's just figure out ways to demonstrate that love, as I say, through being proactive and through communicating and speaking to people. Um, it's vital. So, um, Yeah, I just want to say thank you for giving generously in the offering today. There are actually 83,000 children in care, in, just in the UK at present, all of whom feel like they deserve... They too deserve to feel like they belong somewhere. And so, yeah, I do want to thank you for giving. The charity Home for Good, um, they believe that the church play a fundamental role in providing stable and loving homes for each of these children. And as members of God's family, we can extend the love of Christ and help them know um, and feel like they belong. Um, you may not be called to fostering or even to adopt, 
or even have the physical capacity to support those that do, but by giving generously today, you have helped um, Home for Good, standing together. Um, so we're standing together with them to support them and enable them to continue their work in recruiting, training, and encouraging prospective carers and adoptive parents. So thank you. Um, I would also like to invite forward now um, anyone who would like prayer today, basically. It's a massive topic, and I think we all have that need to belong. But I particularly would like to invite those who might be struggling with their sense of belonging within the church or need healing from difficult past family experiences. And I would love to pray with you, so please do come forward. Thank you.